CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everyone. I'm Mario Flaria. Welcome to Mmm, a food podcast, a place you can come to hear all about the great things happening on the local food scene, the wonderful restaurants we have, local companies making delicious food products, the fun community events that highlight local cuisine. <laughs> and it is November, so we are talking turkey and who best to do that with then our favorite chef, Frank Toranova, from A Class of Cooking. Frank, thanks so much for coming in. You're welcome, Myra. Good morning. So uh, tell, tell us about uh, the big question. What are some of the most common questions you get about? Well, when we were doing, years ago, we used to do the Turkey Hotline. We would get tons and tons of questions. And the, the number one question is, how long do I cook the turkey? And the second question was, how do I thaw it out? Because most turkeys, people buy... And you're going to see more this year, in my opinion, is frozen turkeys because they're expensive to begin with and the fresh turkeys are going to really wallop out of orbit. And so it's going to be really interesting. But we get that was our biggest question is how long should I cook it? Is it stuffed? Is it unstuffed? Do you have a turkey breast, boneless, bone in? And we handle it. We, have, we, use, we use USDA guidelines mm -hmm. and it works, out like, it works out really great. We had a, we had a great time. So cost aside, and if it was like a typical year, what is, in your opinion, uh, frozen versus fresh? What's better? Or is it not, there no difference? Well, okay, first of all, people buy a fresh turkey, and, what, and they are good, okay, I've had them, and they brine them. Okay, now brining, we go, and, I, and we mentioned this before, brining goes back to the old, old self-basting turkey. That, what they did was they pumped it up with the salt solution. It's the same thing, only difference is the fresh turkey you're brining it. It's ingesting the same type of salt mixture. People buy the frozen turkey, and I would tell them time and time again, don't brine it. You can't. It's impossible because it's so full of liquid. It's like taking a wet sponge, putting it in a plate with water, and seeing how much water it can take. It's not going to work. And you're going to even make it saltier because they really increase the sodium. And, the, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, the salt solution makes the turkey tender. And it, makes, it holds the moisture. So, uh, in terms of how long you should cook it for, obviously it depends on the size, right? Yes, yeah, it always yeah, it depends on the size of it. We generally, most turkeys you saw in the past, when people were running them at eighteen to twenty-two, twenty-four. When we were doing the show, we had one. A person had one at forty pounds, and I have no clue because there's not a home oven on the planet that can hold a forty-pound turkey. So they did; they cut it in half. And they cooked two half didn't make sense. I don't know if you're going to glue it back together again. But like I said, going back, a lot of people swear by a fresh turkey, but that's basically what they know. Um, the, the ease of handling the frozen turkey is always pretty, it's pretty decent. And you get a top quality name too, you're going you're gonna to have a good deal out mm -hmm. of it. Um, what's the rule of thumb of how long you should cook per pound? Is there a rule of thumb? It goes by, it goes by a pound, generally about um, anywhere from 15 to 18 minutes a pound. For a turkey, mm -hmm. um, and you started off at 350 degrees. Now, here's where it gets crazy because you put on all these shows, and all of a sudden 
This one does it this way. This one does it this way. This one cooks it at 500 degrees. And we're, in, we're bouncing off the wall like ping pong balls because a lot of these things we've never used before because we're dealing as a normal restaurant where we cook a turkey 350 degrees, always in the 350 oven, everybody. If you want to char it up and darken it up at the end, then you blast it. But they come up with all these. They've got cheesecloth dipped in butter, put on top of the turkey. They cook it upside down. I said, well, cook it upside down, but let me ask you, can you cook a, get a 24-pound turkey? You try to flip that thing over <laughs> uh, in the oven when you have to finish it on the other side. So, and, but we, we've had really good success. Yeah. Another big question people always have is, they have the frozen turkey. How far in advance do they need to get it out to thaw? It? Oh, that's that's. We, <laughs> oh, Mario, we had people had a twenty-four pound turkey. Uh, it's in the freezer. Yeah, uh, today's Wednesday. Uh, well, I can just no, you can't take everybody out to lunch. Cause no way you're gonna pull. I can leave it on the counter. And that's the worst thing you can do. Generally, it's approximately. I tell people it's at least at least a day and a half to two days for every five pounds the turkey weighs. If it's, and, they, and when they come in frozen, they are like a rock, okay? And, and people say, trust me, because what happens when they, the turkeys, they, when they freeze and they process the legs, they tighten the legs up, they put a band around them, and then the neck is on the inside. So what you've done is you compress that turkey. The outer part of the turkey might be soft. You might touch it. Oh, it's not bad. You try to separate those legs to get that neck out. It's a whole different, whole different thing altogether. And we'll always tell people, if that's the case, if it's thawed out, but you just can't get the neck out, put it into a bucket, try to get the legs a little a bit, a little, little apart, and then let some cold water trickle into the cavity, and it'll eventually pop out. But then you're flushing it out. You keep flushing the turkey. Best, if people buy a frozen turkey on a Sunday or a Saturday, you put it in the refrigerator, you're going to be perfect to go by Thursday, mm. or even Wednesday night to prepare it. And throw it in the refrigerator, not... No, it always in the refrigerator. On the lower part of the refrigerator, because more often than not, those things are put in cryovac bags. Now, during transportation, maybe shipping, the bag gets nicked. You don't see it. When that bag gets nicked, the liquid comes out, which is the juices that could be blood incorporated in there. And if that drips on top of exposed food uh, like a container whatever it is in the refrigerator you're going to have to rift it and get it out of there mm. so that's we always tell people lowest part in the refrigerator not in the trunk of your car not a, I'm Tom serious you're going to hear some of the things <laughs> oh I'm sure that's great um, I remember it was really popular I don't know if it still is fry deep frying your turkey did people still do that they still do deep fried turkey um, I I have there were five in my family six in my family okay and one year I want, they wanted a regular roast turkey, a smoked turkey, and a deep fried turkey. Mario, I had turkey, I, said, I didn't want to see anything with feathers for about a month, <laughs> but deep fried turkey is delicious. Now they've got new fryerators out that are, I have one. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't work, I, nothing beats frying. If you're gonna do it, you gotta use the real deal. Yeah. Those dry fryers, they, they work. And I've got one, I tried it, I'm going, only like thing I use- Like air fryer? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's for turkeys. Yeah. Now, to give you an idea, people are buying it. Um, 320 ounce container of fat, which normally is peanut oil, mm -hmm. because peanut oil has the best flavor. The problem is we gotta make sure people understand because you might have a peanut allergy individual and you're gonna run into a problem. I saw it in the stores at 300, and I think it was 320, I'm not sure where the, gotta divide that by 32 to find out how many quarts it is. Um, it's $40. So you got a pretty expensive item, and that's a one-shot deal. So 
you can use the fat again, but you have to strain it. You have to uh, strain it out, keep it in the refrigerator. That's, that's running the problem. But they are good. You're not going to find them too much here. We did it quite a few years ago. Um, I had the fire marshal ask me to come down, down to Exeter, and we talked about, we even did a demo on how to fry a turkey. Because people were doing them in their garage. People were doing them in their house. I mean, they, was, they were literally having fires. The fire department went crazy. Because, and we showed them because the whole thing is when you take a turkey to deep fry, you've got to lower it mm-hmm. into the fat. It takes about five minutes to lower because you've got a wet bird. Right. I don't care how dry it is. And it's crackling, popping. I, people just take it, drop, drop them. It in. Yeah. And they even do a frozen one. And there's the oil boils. I mean, there's nothing scarier than a grease fire. Trust mm-hmm. me, I've been in the food business a long time. Oil boils over. It is scary. Let's talk about some of the sides. Well, first of all, uh, gravy. Uh, how <laughs> easy is it to make a gravy from the drippings? Or are you better off just getting the canned stuff or what? People are going to get the can, uh, the jar yeah, stuff. Um, I buy I buy the turkey pots. Uh, I, I buy, you can go to the store now. And I bought, I bought it last year. I bought uh, a couple of drumsticks, a couple of wings, even turkey backs. And you take and you roast them. After you roast them, you transfer them to a pot. So it's just like making a chicken stock. But the only thing is you're roasting the turkey. You put the giblets in there. I don't put the liver in it because the liver makes it cloudy. But that's how you make a really good turkey. Wave. You're not going to get much liquid out of a turkey. One sing- It's not going to work. Okay. So you, you can't just do it for No, you not, you, it's not going to work. Yeah. Because you're not going to get Especially if you use one of those turkeys that, uh, that are frozen that have the solution. You're just pulling. You'll get a ton of liquid in the pan. And it's all salt and water. That's why a lot of people, when they eat turkey Thanksgiving, especially one of those uh, frozen ones, they're wondering why they're drinking a lot of liquid. Why I'm drinking water. Mm -hmm. Well, there's the reason why you're doing it. And here's something really people should know. They say they eat turkey and then they fall asleep. They blame tryptophan. There's no such, there's not enough tryptophan in there to put an infant to sleep. It's It's a joke. It's not, but people don't, if you ate just a turkey and you fell asleep, well, maybe there's something. But now you've got the turkey, the gravy, the mashed potatoes, the squash, the stuffing, the pumpkin pie, the mince pie, the peak, and the list goes on and on and on. So you're overloaded. And you eat, that's why everybody falls asleep. But just eat turkey. There is zero, actually there is much, there is as much tryptophan in chicken as there is, I think even a little more than there is in turkey. Yes, people blame the turkey, but it's everything else they're eating. That's what it is, especially with all the fat. Yeah. Um, I know popular mashed potatoes, a popular side dish, yep. stuffing. What are some of your uh, best tips on making the best kind of, if you want to do homemade? Brussels sprouts has uh, been around for a couple of years, and people are still into them. I like glazed carrots. Now, you can buy carrots already peeled, the baby ones. If you can go to some of the, I've seen some of the stores, they have multiple colors. They have yellow, purple, white, and orange carrots. And you just you can just you just do a plain glaze. Um, anything is a lot of the vegetables are out that normally you don't get to see. Asparagus, you, if you get you got to get lucky and catch it if they're a really good size. The infamous green bean casserole <laughs> is in town. I mean, as long as you can find those <laughs> fried onions, I mean you're good to go. But you can use haricot which are the, the the French beans are really nice. But you want to keep it basic. You don't want to overload it. People had people kind of shied away from butternut squash because it's an intimidating. That's it's the hottest squash to clean because it's the shape to try to split it. 
Uh, a lot of people get dinged pretty well, so you got to be careful. The stores do it for you now. You go in, and you can buy the squash already split, already peeled, already cleaned. All you have to do is take it home and cut it. Acorn squash is the same way. But other high heat oven roasting of these vegetables, it just brings the sugar. You punch, pump them up with a lot of butter. You need a lot of butter. When you go to the store yeah. and get butter for Thanksgiving, don't buy a one-pound block. Yeah, I yeah. buy the, you know what I use? I buy the, the, the two-pound roll. I don't know if you ever saw it, the Amish butter. Oh, geez. That is the best butter. Yeah. That is the high, that's the best, probably highest rated butter out there. Hmm. I know a big debate people have is cranberry sauce. A lot of people <laughs> like the, the jar, the canned stuff, but... You can easily make some nice homemade one, right? It, Mario, you're 100% right. I mean, we, we're in New England. We've got the Cranberry Belt, the best in the country, right down the street. In, in, as I call it, down the street, which is in uh, Massachusetts, in Carver, Mass. All you do is you buy the berries. It's a done deal. It's just sugar, a certain amount of sugar and water, and then you can put zest in there, grated orange or lemon. Bring it on, put it on the stove, bring it to a boil. When you see these things starting to pop, almost like little popcorn, but not shooting everywhere, that means it's exploding. That means the pectin's coming out. Shut it off, put it in the refrigerator, and it sets up. If you like the whole cranberry sauce, some people like it smooth. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to put it through a sieve, and then you're going to have to add some pectin to it, which you need more pectin to make that jelly, whatever they call that stuff in the can. Yeah, you go to the store, and there's a gazillion cans of that. Between that, the pumpkin pie is like, I'm going, but can't people, it's so easy to make this stuff. Mm. All right, so, so you mentioned pumpkin pie, so let's talk desserts now. What are the best, obviously people love pumpkin pie, they love pecan. Yep. There are probably lots of different things you can serve, right? They are a lot of things. We did, the one we did today was the pumpkin, was the pumpkin custard pie, uh, which is really a nice pie. Um, okay, we use the real, we use sugar pumpkins. You see them advertised in the store, they run about 80 or 90 cents a pound, buy one pumpkin, and you just cut it and roast it, and you can puree it, and then that makes, that makes a good base for custard pie. I like it roasted. Matter of fact, I had a dish of roasted pumpkin before I left this morning to come to the studio. It's delicious. The only thing is you peel it just like a butternut squash. Actually, you can take a butternut squash, and if you pure roast it and you puree it and you flavor with brown sugar and molasses, it's a hard, you have to really, really know. The texture-wise, you're not going to pick it up. So a lot of recipes call for using butternut squash. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the same thing, technically. So you, can, you can serve that and call it pumpkin pie. No, right, who's going right? to gonna, who's gonna catch you? Mm. So the one you made uh, that you brought in for me today yep. is a, what is it called? A pumpkin? Pumpkin custard. Mm, and how, how did you make this one? This was the same. It's just like a pumpkin pie base. The only thing is we used uh, extra egg yolks, heavy cream. That was the custard base. The pumpkin that we used, and uh, we took brown sugar, uh, dark brown sugar, a little bit of butter, and the pumpkin, when we did this, you saw the, the color of it was really, really light in color, very yellow, but not deep. You look at this now, it's got a little bit of a deeper hue to it, and that's caused by the dark brown sugar. Now, mm. some people, if they don't have dark brown sugar, a lot of people have molasses in the house. If you cut a little bit of molasses into light brown sugar, you have brown sugar, dark brown, because that's all it is. It comes light brown, and then it goes to dark brown by adding molasses to it. Mm. And then the top is a... Uh, oh, this is the... That's, <laughs> worth the... that's worth the price of admission, Mario. That's 50% heavy cream, 50% muscarpone. I mean, you know, the Italians had to get their hand in there somewhere. Of course. You know, but, that, but it, you can see how it holds up. And and, you, yeah. And you had some fun with the pumpkin what seeds. What we do is we took... A lot of people take the seeds out of the pumpkins and they, they wash them. They're not that difficult. You wash them, pat them dry, put them on a sheet pan, put them in the oven, and roast them. 
Now, some people, if you want to salt them, you want to put olive oil on them and salt them, that's different. This was just the pumpkins roasted. When they were roasted, it's just caramelized sugar. Sugar, a little bit of water. You cook it on the stove. There's a little bit of a technique involved. Uh, it's not that difficult. When the thing turns amber, take it off the heat. Add the seeds right away, the pumpkin seeds roasted. Stir it around. Pour it on a lightly oiled sheet. And within 10 minutes, it'll be hot as a rock. And then you can take it and smash it. That I just put in the food processor. Mm, I'm going to try That's delicious. Those are really, really good. Those are catchy. Mmm. These are really yeah, good. Yeah, they are. They're really this. It's you a just eat these. <laughs> well, I took it out. Snack. I did. Well, I took it out and I banged it with a rolling pin. I was walking around with big chunks of it. I mean, I should have double that. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's good. I'm going to dig. That's on top, and I'm going to dig into that. Yep. The crust is ginger snaps. With butter baked, they come out dark brown in the oven, but then they firm up. Mm. And then once you put your pumpkin mixture on it, the crust softens up. And it has a little mm. texture to it. It doesn't. It's not like a brick. It's, very, it's got a nice taste to it. But this is a simple, it's a simple recipe, Mario. Oh, my God. This is so good. We call these labors of love. It's for your family. I mean, mm. what are you going to do? Oh, my God. This is delicious. Yeah, it is. And then after you eat and everything's done, you have all these leftovers. <laughs> What's the best thing to do with them? <laughs> <laughs> Give them away. Give them to your family. Take this with you. Yeah. No, there's a there's a bunch of things you can do. Yeah. I like I like a turkey sandwich, but I ha I like it shaved very very thin, mm. and then I'll put it with the stuffing, mm -hmm. and then I'll take and mix cranberry sauce with a little bit of mayonnaise, and I'll put that on top of it. And that's what I like. Maybe a couple of leaves of lettuce to give it a little bit of snap. And that's my that's my favorite. I don't once, you know, turkey is very gamey. And I'll be honest with you, once turkey is cooked it, and you try to reheat it, it's not even close to, to being being the same. It doesn't work. So a lot of people make all different concoctions. They make pizza, they'll make uh, they call it chicken salad. They'll make all different type turkey tetrazzini. They make they have to mask it out, and you have to use it because you don't want to waste it. Right. Because people bought the biggest turkey, the best turkey, believe it or not, if people to buy if they have a like maybe five, six, seven, eight people in the family, a twenty-four pound turkey by weight is the best because you're going to get the most. And I'm, the only reason why I'm saying this, you're going to get the most yield of meat. If you let's say let's say we took a twenty-four pound turkey and we cooked it. And we took two 12-pound turkeys and cooked it. And I've done things like this in school. Cooked them both, stripped them, which means break them down, and then weighed the actual cooked prod. You're going to get more turkey, a little more turkey out of the 24 than you would for the two 12s that make 24 because of the bone structure. And it all has to do with, with that. But basically, that 22, 24, 26-pound range is literally perfect. And I haven't really seen that many this year that size in the store. Wow. Great. Some good stuff. Thank you, Chef Frank Terranova, Classic Cooking, for talking turkey with us. Mario, not a problem. Always a pleasure. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, and hopefully it is filled with mmm.